Welcome back to the Combat Review. This is episode 27, and today I am rejoined by Jack Abbott. Um, we go into quite a bit of detail as to the three title fights and the results uh, of this past weekend's UFC 259, um, and then kind of drift into a slow amble about a few bits and pieces around the heavyweight division, and if a dart player um, is skilled or an athlete. Um so you can follow us on Instagram at the Combat Review Podcast, all the underscores on Twitter at Combat Review, and you can follow us on YouTube at the Combat Review channel. I hope you enjoy episode 27, and thanks for listening. Hi, Jack. Hello, Lewis. How are you? Um, well... As I said to you the other day, I think I need to stop coming on the podcast. Um, Please. <laughs> well, after one of my favourite fighters have just fought. So I'm okay, but... You give them bad juju. Yeah, apparently so. I should say that, obviously, the reason you're back on is I spoke to the producer and he said that ratings are flat <laughs> and that we need, we know, we need the big guns back. We need that back. star power need back that on. huge star power. We need that person that doesn't know a huge amount about UFC back on. That's it. That's exactly who we need. Um, so, obviously, we had uh, 259 at the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um and I guess we'll start. Should we start with? Um, let's start with your mate Izzy. Should we? Oh, you're going to start at the top. Let's start at the top. Work our way down. Let's do that. Okay. Um, I, I, I don't think there is much as much as a start at the top. There, there's not much to say about, it, is there? He was beat fair and square. He looked small in terms of like once he got him pinned down to the ground. Like you, just, it just wasn't. It. It's like because obviously he. <laughs> There was a thing made about his weight before, wasn't it? Because yeah. Jan obviously cuts to 205. So I'd imagine he was 225 or 230 or something like mm-hmm. I don't know. But Izzy was 200 pounds almost flush on the beak. So I guess all the time you're standing, it probably doesn't make too much of a difference. But the second... And we haven't really seen Izzy on the floor, have we? No. And I don't, it's just one of those classic ones of... I, I Again, I don't know what... Jan's chin is like probably fairly good. I think it is fairly good. He's not known for being dropped. Is no, he? I don't think he's. And it's been. like Izzy is. He's he's a pretty good striker, but he's not. And he has not. He's knocked people out kind of when you wouldn't expect it to happen. Like he's not a heavy hitter, is he? No, he's more of a kind of a technical striker. So it's just it's, like it's like volume that like when he yeah. beat Robert Whitaker and yeah. when he beat Calvin Gath, it was all volume. And then, like, just thought they were just so beat up. It was yeah, and so it's like unless he was gonna, I think, unless for five rounds he could have, you know, got in and out and just, you know, boxed him up. Uh, there, he wasn't going to really knock him out. Yeah, and if they got in the clinch and got down to the ground, he was he was probably in trouble. Yeah, as much as I, you know, I love Izzy and I, I wanted him to be the champ, champ. I think walking away from it, it was like. Yeah, it kind of went how he probably expected it to go. It was because at no point did I watch that and think either of them were in trouble. No, it was like the first the first round. I think I I thought Izzy won. The mm-hmm. second round I thought was close and it probably could have gone either way. And the third round, I th- or maybe the second round I gave to you, and the third round was close. Either way, but the first three rounds, if it if they all went to one person. 
there probably wasn't too much of an argument to be had about it. No. And half of the fourth and half of the fifth were the same. It's just there was those two takedowns, which won Yan both of those rounds. And then I suppose if he picks up another one, that's the end of it. And it it didn't feel like he is he got beat, but he got beat. It was really uh, weird. I don't know. I, I I think even as someone who's probably slightly biased towards Izzy, I walked, I sort of watched it and was like, yeah, yeah, he. Apart, I don't think even that it's sometimes hard when you're watching stuff to separate watching it from the commentary. Yeah. And they were making such a big deal about Izzy striking, you know, oh, well, you know, Yan needs to stop biting on him. I was like, but it's not like he's not doing it's not really putting Yan in trouble. Yeah. And they kept talking about it. And then when they uploaded the significant strikes, it wasn't even that different. No. So I was like, I don't know what they're watching. But the fight I'm watching, it seemed just a bit of a spar, almost like a sparring match, and then he got him down a few times, and that was enough to seal it. It wasn't, it was, it was, it, it's it was fairly uneventful. Yeah, I mean, I have been bashing Jan Blavich at any opportunity mm. I get, like <sighs> recently, and it's mainly because, Oi. dog, dog on the scene, um, and it's mainly because like. He's not like a massively likable champion. I think the embeddeds that have recent they've recently done have made him a tiny bit more likable, but he's not very marketable. No. He's not very interesting, you know, and that's that's just kind of the way it is. And when you've kind of had light heavyweight champions like John Jones, who grabs headlines for right and wrong reasons, and Daniel Cormier, who's just an awesome guy and yeah. really, really good. Um, and then you get kind of this He's quite a nice guy. He seemed like I because I don't again, like saying, because I I don't follow it religiously. I sort of dip in and out. Mm. He's fairly new to me. And I watched the, I, I, I mean, I watched like two embedded and yeah. I was like, this is actually fucking shit. Yeah. It was pretty boring. He's just a nice guy. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm glad for him. He's just a nice but it Polish is guy. It's unfortunate when you're just nice and not that interesting, you're yeah. going to struggle to generate interest. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? And that's always been like, and you always hear, Dana pipes up whenever he's got a champion that no one wants to watch fight, like Tyron Woodley, for yeah. example. And to a certain extent, I I think the fact that Jan Blavich is European gives them that that extra thing because they got Europe. Europe's got a champion, so anytime yeah, yeah. They, they can do a card in Poland, sell out the gate, charge more. It's it's kind of better than having an American champion that no one cares about. But sure. it's still not great. Like they, I said this in a in a video. Like they put. Jan Blahovic and Izzy in that fight because they wanted Jan Blahovic to lose. Like they yeah. didn't. Oh, yeah. They didn't put that fight no. on for Jan Blahovic to yeah. to to win. They they put it on to take the belt off him. Yes. Otherwise, they wouldn't have sent that. Yeah, they that would have done like a catchway and you know maybe yeah. put both belts on the line or something like that. They went. We've got to get this guy off that belt now. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's sort of a it's not a win win, but it's like a. A best of but if he wins, then great. You know, he's the champion. He's defeated a real competitor in Izzy. Yeah. But then if Izzy wins, it's like, you know, double whammy. They get the champ champ. But I just, even if Izzy had won, and then they will see, I, I think he'll get creamed by John Jones. Granted, I don't know what state John Jones in, is in at this point. And at some I think point, he's about 250 pounds. Got like, a couple of needles hanging out of his ass. At but. some point, his inactivity and his, he's, He's getting older now as well. Yeah. That will event, he won't still be, he can't always be, you know, John Jones. You know, we've watched it with like Anderson Silver and that. You just think it's never going to happen. And then it does. It does all of a sudden. And I, but if we, if it was Pete John Jones, I think he'd absolutely cream, is he? I think 
I th- he's big. Think, he's he's essentially a bigger version of Izzy. He is, and he's better wrestling. It, it's funny, like because Izzy Izzy's a bit weird. Like we've seen him against Jan Blahovic, and we saw him against Yoel Romero, where he was kind of it was a pretty boring affair. Oh, yeah. Not much happened. He didn't look that great. And one of them he got the job done. And one of them he didn't. But we've also seen him against people like Kelvin Gastelum, where he looked great, but he took a lot of damage. Mm. And against Robert Whitaker, where again he looked great and took a lot of damage, and you kind of wonder if that was against John Jones, how would that have gone? I don't think he'll get knocked out because John Jones doesn't knock people out, but I think he'd get beat. Yeah, I, I don't see what Izzy presents to John Jones that is superior to what John Jones does. Yeah, you know, striking—they're both fucking amazing strikers. Wrestling, I'd probably give John Jones the edge. Yeah, and just size, like, and everyone wants to, you know, like to think that size isn't an issue. It's, and an, it, it's an issue. It, it is sometimes, yeah. you know, if, if if all things are equal and size is the thing that isn't, then that's going to be a factor. 100%. Um, and most things are equal with them too. So I, even if Izzy had won, I just think, oh, you know, I like Izzy because of who he is and his personality and he's his cool. fighting style, but he's not, you know, lighting the whole of the UFC alive. Do he's, you? He's beaten some amazing people, but it's not like, like you say, he's, He's he's got the job done. Yeah, it's not been you know like he's absolutely steamrolled the division. You know, like someone like Amanda Nunes or, or Anderson at the time. Yeah, whatever. There, there's definitely some. I don't want to say weaknesses in Izzy's game, but there's definitely some areas that can be exploited by other fighters. Yeah, he's not like so, he's not like you know John Jones. He's not like John Jones. Yeah, was John, Jones was, John Jones. There's no one on and John Jones's level. The poor Gustafson gave him. Fuck a... off. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck that. Um. Do you think like uh, that this is is because before this fight, obviously everyone was quite high on Izzy, and he is still fantastic. Yeah. Like if he'd have just got knocked out, then we'd be like, oh god. But like, how much has this hurt him? Do you think? Not at all. You know I don't think? think at all. I mean, yes, he probably could have gone to another level if he had won this, and it would be like, oh shit, you know, like now he's fucking, you know, really making some noise, and you know, he's gonna cement his legacy. But it's one of those fights. It's like not win-win for him but it's like if he didn't lose okay you gave it a go in another another division isn't your natural division you go back down to middleweight yeah that's where he fights right middleweight yeah yeah yeah. yeah. um and you know you carry on putting on shows i i don't think it damages him that much ultimately yeah yan was huge compared to him i know the height was you know he was is he was a tiny bit taller yeah but he's he's a streak of piss Yes. And he's always said that. That's a that's been an on running joke of Izzy's, you know, about him being the skinny black boy. You know, like he's yeah he is skinny, and as much as you know, range can be an advantage and the height can be a little bit. But Jan's a fucking tank, man. I want to know the difference in size between Paolo Costa when Izzy fought him and Blahovic when. So I want to know when they both fought Izzy, what the difference in size was between Blahovic and Costa. What is them two individually? Yeah, I want to know how I don't much. Don't think it'd be that much. No, neither do I. A bit of height, probably. Because when he went into this fight with Jan, I thought I thought Jan looked big when they obviously were doing the introductions and Buffalo was doing his thing. Um, and I, I looked at him and thought, oh, he looks big. And then I thought, well, hang on a minute, how big's Costa? Because Costa obviously cuts to. He's a thick boy. He's a thick boy. Yeah. He cuts to. He loves a wine, apparently. Oh, fuck <laughs> off, man! That's the worst. That's the worst ever. Um, but I thought he must cut down quite a lot. So I wonder when he went in there, I wonder how much he weighed and I wanted to know what the difference was. But I reckon there's maybe 10 pounds. He's probably, average is probably bigger, maybe. Speaking of wine and Paolo Costa, yeah. there is nothing 
more unlikable when someone can't take an L. And it, it I think that because it made me think because I'm a huge fan of Izzy, but I I don't necessarily love his post fight antics. Yeah. And as you know, he was like, oh, you know, if you if you want to get off the hype train, you know, then get off it. So I'm sometimes like, just shut up and take the L. Yeah. And that is, I think, where Connor separates himself from everyone. Very good at it. He's so good. Yeah. Like, just ha- take the L. Congratulate the other guy or whatever. Say, you know, I think I could maybe do some different things or whatever. But I, I hate excuses. But it's it is it's so unlikable. It's the worst. It's the worst thing ever when a fighter comes out and says, like, if if you if you drank a bottle of wine, oh, whether he did or whether he didn't, off, right? Man. If you drank a bottle of wine before you fought him, how is that anyone's fault other than your own? Mm. To to bring that up and use that as an excuse is madness. Well, it's like, why now? Yeah. Why now? I know it's probably because Izzy's fighting and he wants to insert his name back into the It's just a bitch thing. move. It's pathetic and it's, it's it's reminiscent of Dante Wilder as well. Oh, that. It's just yeah. like, just fuck off. I was wearing all of this heavy... Oh. Re- well, you put it on. No, it's just... It's, just stop it. It's, you, you took the fucking beating and it, there's nothing more commendable when... Because like, it's a fucking ball... You know, it takes guts to get in the ring. Like, it's not an easy thing to do. So um, you've got my respect already. That's it. You're just going to lose it if you start saying, I don't, if you lost and you, you know, you got in there, you did the job or whatever, and it just didn't go your way, I, I take my hat off to you. And I'm sure, you know, on a different day, you might get a different result. Don't give me all this shit about, you know, the costume was too heavy or I drank a bottle of wine. Like, or is he saying about his legs were like, it's like, it's just, on, no one wants to know. And, and Connor, like you said, does it well. And Chael used to do it well mm. as well. Yeah. He'd talk all the shit before the fight. And then once someone bashed his face in, he'd be like, better man won tonight. Yeah. Better man wins every time. Yeah. That's it, the way it is. And uh, and off we go. It is. It, it, I, I'm trying to think who else is quite bad at it. Like, but in MMA, you just, the excuses come. Like when TJ lost to Cejudo, yeah. He, he was crying about it. And obviously, then he tested positive. Well, and it's like, oh, come on, mate. Yeah, there's nothing more kind of unlikable than someone just not taking their medicine. Yeah. Because, like you're saying, like you don't, it, you've got everyone's respect. No yeah. one's looking at you thinking you're a bum. Because you're fighting at the fucking top level as well. It's, uh, yeah, it's. It's so ugly. I, I I resent even bringing up Paolo Costa's name because I, I after his Izzy fight, I didn't. I sort of I didn't mind the sort of back and forth. Obviously, Izzy went hard at him after the fight, yeah. and I, I can kind of whatever. But it it went on for a bit long, and I was like, I don't actually care at this point, and it's getting fucking petty. And then Izzy, you know, he's moved on, and I can sometimes see it from his point of view. He probably felt so disrespected by this Paolo Costa kid that's just like, fuck off, and you just wanted to embarrass him. But whatever, that's done. And then Paolo Costa's bringing up wine, like, just just stop. It is is the worst. I think he's going to fight Robert Whittaker. Who, Um, Paolo Costa? Yeah, I think. I don't know if they've actually made that or if they're they're about, they're trying to make it, but they were talking about it about two weeks ago. When was the last time Robert Whittaker fought? I think his last fight, and... Shall I find out? He's one of those people that is still has his name floating about in you know the top ranks, but he fights like once every five years. He so he he lost to Izzy, then he decisioned Darren Till in a very 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 close fight that probably could have gone either way. Um, but I think yeah, uh, I think it was close. But I think Robert Whitaker probably won. I think that's when Till did his knee, right. and then he beat Jared Cannonier, who. Mm-hmm. 
uh, Jared Cannonier. Okay. He's an up-and-comer. Okay. No, he's a, I think he's ranked four or five. He's pretty good, but he's pretty boring. I'm like, not, yeah, I'm not saying Robert Whitaker's shit, but I'm just saying it's, it's, but, it's interesting how some people can keep their name at the top without actually having much activity. Well, that's the thing. I guess when 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 you're the previous child, like Yo Romero yeah. did it for ages. Like True. He was always the... Right, okay, well, if you're the... any Anyone who won the light heavyweight belt, they were like, right, well, can you beat Yo Romero? Because if you can beat Yo Romero, you can be the champion. Yeah, like, it's yeah. like, and he was always the, let's chuck him in there. Yeah. I think they don't, Dana said they don't want to give Whitaker another title shot right away. So they've no. given him Paolo Costa, right. which will be a really good fight. But yeah. I think Whitaker will probably beat him. I hope he does, like, just because I just find that Paolo Costa wholly unlikable, to be honest. Yeah, he, um, I liked him until he fought Izzy, mm. and then I didn't like him. It was weird. Um, excuse me. So. We had on that card as well, we obviously had Amanda, Amanda Nunes versus Megan Anderson. DC called it a non-event. It was incredible. Me I mean, it, she, I mean, it, it looked like, it looked like rookies against professionals. Yeah. Like it was an absolute pasting. As soon as she, it, I, th I was reading something the other day, I can't remember who it was that said it, but they sort of commented that when Megan Anderson got hit, it was like, Oh shit! It, like, this is different. It was literally, and you can see the moment if you watch the fight back. You can actually see that moment where she gets hit, and just like you said, she's like, "Oh, yeah. she she doesn't." It's like she didn't she didn't look like noticeably stumble, but she no. just froze. Yeah, almost. Oh, fuck. And was like, "I'm in. Oh, I'm in with a fucking savage here." Oh, this is this is like being hit by a bloke. Like <laughs> this is savage. She's a beast. She's an absolute beast. I said, um, "You said she would retire." Well, I don't know. And I, the, the main the main reason um, behind that was, who does she fight now? Well, yeah, I yeah, I totally get that. But what? Because like the, the, I, there's a there's a gap, right? And we used to we had this with Ronda. There was Ronda, and then there was everyone else. And you know she had a, a, a slightly competitive fight with um, Misha Tate, and a slightly competitive cupcake. fight with Cupcake. Love Cupcake, and a slightly competitive fight with. Someone else whose name I can't remember. And oh, then no? for the, no, no, before, before, like when she had her run, oh, before okay. that, there was just a whole load of nobody. And we were thinking, yeah. Jesus, you know, this division. Then Amanda, or Holly Holm comes along, beats Ronda. Then Amanda Nunes comes on and beats everyone. And it's that same thing now. I can't tell you, looking at all the women in the division, who she's supposed to fight next. But does, I guess it, it depends on her motivation. Is she looking to, does she just want to fight because she likes fighting and she wants to earn money or if is she trying to do it just for a legacy it seems fair, it just seems fairly early on for her to be thinking about well there's not much going on so i mean maybe does she look at it and think well there's a fucking load of easy fights here i'm just going to smash everyone up for the next couple of years very possibly where, like where does she slot in terms of like win streaks and like legacy compared to other fighters even like men she's won three six nine she's won 12 in a row and of those 12 seven have been title defenses by the looks of it so so she's getting up there in terms of like records yeah yeah i mean she's she's this is the problem it's not like um they can send her down to fight valentina shevchenko because she's beaten mm -hmm. valentina shevchenko twice oh like she's beaten Ronda Rousey, she's beaten Chris Cyborg, she's beaten Holly Holm, she's beat J Jermaine Durandamy. Anyone who is mm. a slight threat, she's beaten. And I guess 
she has a loss on her record or whatever, doesn't she? She's got a couple, yeah. Right. She she lost bring to Kat. Them, bring them in. She lost to Kat Zingano six years ago. Right. Uh, and before that, we're talking back in Invicta days in seven years ago. But it's just and no one's really looked like they can threaten her. No. Even Chris Cyborg, who was the one, yeah. got toasted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I have to say as well, like I, I, I really like Amanda Nunes and completely off subject from actual MMA, I love that she loves her kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most parents, all they do is fucking moan about their kids. <laughs> Amanda Nunes and her partner seem to actually love being parents. Oh, they adore And it's actually yeah. quite refreshing to yeah. see, like, them, you know, she's literally all about her kid. Yeah. And I think, great. Like, and that seem sometimes that can be a bit of a distraction for people is you know you move on to different things and you know the priority isn't fighting but she seems to that it's almost completed her kind of motivation now she actually has someone other than just achieving it for herself she also has a kid now that she's pretty stoked on i guess it's like anything is it if she'd have got if she'd have gone out there and and, and looked crap against megan anderson and, say and lost yeah. people would have been like well you know she's got a kid now and she's but because she toasted her then it's and it's like I think Donald Cerrone, when he had his kid, he had a really, really good performance and he was sort of singing, oh, you know, yes, me and the kid and I've got to do this for him. And then after that, he just started getting battered. But yeah. I don't think, um, I don't, I'm not trying to compare Donald Cerrone and Amanda Nunes, <laughs> but boy, because um, I, I, yeah. I reckon she'd probably beat him. Um, that, that's the other thing, like... Do you, when do you start potentially offering what, up what, fights against men. This is the thing, like... That'd be sick. Obviously, you can't do that, but... Why? But, but why can't you do why that? Not? Like... If she's willing to it, do it and a man's willing to do it, although a man's probably not willing to do that, because... It's, it's, it's a, a lose-lose. It's a lose-lose, isn't it? If you beat her, it's like, yeah, you, you, yeah, you, you beat, beat a chick. woman. Yeah, well done, mate. Yeah, yeah you're well okay, hard. Yeah, maybe that needs to be thought out. Um, but hypothetically speaking... Right, that'd be so good to see. So she fights at uh, Featherweight and... Um, Bantamweight. So let's look at the men's featherweight and bantamweight division, shall we? Please. So we've got, obviously, bantamweight, we've got Jose Aldo versus Amanda Nunes. That's a good Both fight. Both Brazilian, aren't they? That's a good fight. Yeah. Like For the pride of the country. How does that go down? Because um, I think she hits harder than him. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. I, 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 I guess I, I, I want to put some respect on Aldo's name. He's a bit old, though, isn't he? I know, but that's... It's a conversation. It's definitely a conversation. I guess same way, you know, there is obviously arguably some genetic differences, even if you are at the same weight. I don't. If you could maybe, like, do some scientific research into, you know, because there's all the things about, you know, obviously having more testosterone. Bone you know, structure. Bone structure, bone density, lung capacity, you know, yeah. all that stronger. Like, there's a lot of things that from my understand my basic understanding of differences in gender that there is some significant advantages to being a male physically than there is a woman um if you're at the same weight but if they could maybe qualify those things and get them on exactly the same sort of numbers it'd be fucking sick to see how fight a man so here's what we do yeah. right we get we get everyone's DNA. You know, yeah, we take we take some blood samples. We we get an island in like the middle of the Pacific, right? Yeah. And uh, we 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 match them all up to see who's who, and we start our own fighting league, and we make men fight women. Okay. 
Are you in? Yeah, I'm down. I'm down. Oh, I mean, as long as they're willing to do it. No, we don't. <laughs> we'll the just only, round them up. The only other alternative I'm going to throw in the ring for Amanda Nunes mm. going forward is fight two people at once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They, I mean, because like you say, there's not that many opponents left okay. right now. I'll tell you what, right? So we've looked at the rankings and we've decided um, after some sort of extensive research that... She's already fought Jermaine Durand and me, and she's already fought Aspen Lad, but she can fight them together. Mm. Or maybe they do. Maybe she does one round against one, and one round against another, mm. and they keep. Yeah, there's definitely some things you could figure out. Because it's just what's well, what's more desperate, that division or the heavyweight division in men's? <sighs> well, the <laughs> the women's featherweight division doesn't really exist because right. it's not actual. There's no. Well, there's no rankings. Like it's, it's just a man of newness. It's just a man of newness, <laughs> which, in fairness, is how it should be. Yeah. Um. And what they do is they just find a thirty-five pounder and go, "Hey, do you want to crack at this belt now?" Mm. And they sell it like that. But, um, yeah, the, the, the heavyweight division is. Um, we'll get onto that later. We'll get onto. We'll that stay later. on. Well, I mean, Amanda Nunes. I, I don't think there's much more to say. Like she's incredible, and she's absolutely cleaned out all of the UFC. She's the best. Um, but I said this about Ronda until yeah, but sure, the, you, she got yeah, knocked out by yeah. Holly Holm. You're the best until you're not. And then yeah. it can quickly, like we were saying about Anderson two minutes ago, like you can't envision them losing. And then all of a sudden they do. And you sort of like, think, oh. oh, yeah, sure. You know, it's it becomes a bit more normal. I mean, how old is she? 32. That's what I mean. So she's she's she, quite young. Yeah, that's the thing. She's two not, more years and it's like... Ooh. Yeah, for sure. But it's like there's no one that's even hinted at being on her level. There will be, for sure. Yeah. Like, there will be. It's, it's ridiculous to assume that there never will be. And she'll just continue to be who she is. But she doesn't seem to be out of that window yet of, like, the age, injuries, all yeah. those sort of things that start to catch up with you and eventually make, you know, inactivity. She's but, not been in any wars either, really. No. Like, the last sort of six or seven fights have been relatively pain-free and she's come through unscathed. But then you look at someone like... I don't know, Paul Felden, you're like, Jesus Christ, all that guy does is get in wars yeah. and he's had like six or so. so it's, you know, from a career perspective and a health perspective, she's probably doing all right for, yeah. for 32 as well. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, I can't propose much more than... Have a fight two people, two people or have a fight a dude. Or fight a man because... <laughs> uh, but I, I don't think there'd be many men willing to take that chance because there's a high probability she could fuck them up. She fought, if she fought me, it would be an embarrassment. Oh, do you imagine if she was in here now? With, I mean, she'd she'd you, probably murder me. You get there would be you get her legs. The first death inside the octagon. Inside the flat. I mean, I could try tap. <laughs> I could try the rear naked choke that I'm quite good at. The same thing you got Mark with. Yep. Because no one. Comes, I'm one and oh. No one's no I'm, one comes uh, back from that, mate. I'm one and oh in my mixed martial <laughs> arts career. It's so dire. <laughs> Oh. I tapped out a master. Yeah, you tapped him out, all right. He, he did tap. <laughs> he did tap. He tapped. Eventually. Yeah. Uh, so the other fight on the card, and this is probably the um, the the most interesting um, the most res result, divisive one. Yeah, and I am very, I'm very strong at where I stand on this. Go on. Um, but obviously, uh, Al Jermaine Sterling. Uh, defeated Peter Yan due to DQ by an illegal knee sometime in the fourth round? Yeah, it was the fourth round. Um, now, that obviously made um, P 
Peter Yan lose the Bantamweight Championship to Aljamain Sterling because Aljamain Sterling was unable to continue. And I guess that's kind of split like the whole MMA world mm. of people going, I mean, he milked that. And now other people going, well, hang on a minute. So what's your take on it? Like, where do you... Uh, it, so, because I, I thought about this, because I know we spoke about it briefly on Sunday. Mm. And I can't... When you're watching it, it seemed like he was milking it. Yeah. It seemed very dramatic. But there's a part of me that never wants to say that because... You said it, Mike. Well, <laughs> there's a part of me that never wants to say it because, like I was saying earlier, about you have all the respect in the world for getting in the ring, yeah. and especially fun at that level. Like you're not a you're not a pussy. Like yeah. you're, you're. It's very rare that any of those fighters in there are trying to get the easy way out. So that's when I think, well, is it maybe that usually when someone gets knocked out, we don't see the aftermath that much. And so we sometimes, you know, someone gets knocked out and they obviously they do a good job because it, it's it's kind of disrespectful to see someone, you know, flailing about on the floor, like, you know, doing the air ladder or whatever. As much as I'd love yeah, to. I, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the morbid. I when, when Connor knocked out Aldo, he was, you caught a little glimpse yeah, of him yeah. climbing. The, it was great. Yeah. And you kind of, the, you know, morbid curiosity, you want to kind of see that. But ultimately they generally steer away from that and you don't really know sometimes the commentators will say oh you know he's still on the floor yeah. he's still struggling to get up but you don't actually see it so there's a part of me that thinks were we just witnessing someone going through the process of coming round after a knockout and it's actually kind of weird to see is it that combined with it he was trying to figure out whether he could still fight and mm. or as uh, as were the rest of the MMA world. Yeah. And it just looked a bit weird, but I just, I, it looked like dramatic and it looked a little bit like he was milking it, but you just think surely not because like, I, I guess like the way I thought about it and it's a difficult, there's variables in this, this theory, but, when, like you said, at the end of a fight, when someone gets knocked out, what is it? Two minutes between when they get knocked out to when they're both standing there and their yeah, arms yeah. are raised? He might have been on the floor for five minutes. And I'm sort of thinking at that point, I, I think he would have been okay to stand up and like, do you know what I mean? Like, if it, it, put, put it this way, if he wasn't kneeling down and he received that shot and the fight was over, he'd have been standing up with his uh, with the other guy's arm raised two minutes later, mm. and I do believe that. Right, but it's difficult because we don't know how hard that knee landed. It looked pretty fucking hard. It did look fucking hard. Everyone reacts differently depending on also where it lands on yeah. your head, how your genetics are, how tired, you, how like, prepared you are for it as well. Exactly. Like if you can see it coming, if yeah, you can't, yeah. there's so many variables. So I guess my um, my theory on it is. It doesn't matter whether he was no, hurt or not. No. Um, he got hit with an illegal knee. No one can dispute that. Um, and if he feels unable to continue, no one is is, is entitled to say otherwise. I almost the decision shouldn't even be on him. Yeah. Whether he sh whether he thinks he's able to continue because that was clearly a, a it was illegal, and he looked pretty rocked. So it's like, can he really be in a correct? If we're gonna if we're gonna assume the worst and that he was knocked out, he's got a concussion. Is he really in a position to be deciding whether he should be able to fight again? 
you know, the doctors are coming over yeah. saying, because most athletes <coughs> in every sport, if you ask them whether they want to carry on, they're going to try and carry on. Yeah, yeah. So it's almost like, you know, when they stop the fights, you know, save them from themselves where I've thrown the towel. He, the decision shouldn't be on him for a start. Yes, it was the right decision to disqualify. No, it's not the way you want to win a fight or whatever. And maybe there's some debate about what actually happens as a result of that because no one wants to be the champion because of that. I love it. Well, I adore it. No, it's. Not- I am a complete. Like, this is my thing is there's rules. Everyone agrees to follow the rules. Yeah. Whether you're the champion or whether you're not, if you don't follow the rules, you lose. I completely and if agree. you do lose, you lose your belt. Yeah, I totally and, agree. And the reason that I think that is is because I know this wouldn't happen, but this used to happen in, in wrestling, and obviously that's predetermined and scripted, but they'd always have these title matches, and the champion would win by DQ just to get out of the fight and take his belt. And I'm not saying that would happen in the UFC, but if you do do something illegal... Yeah, you lose your belt, hundred percent. I guess it. I guess that's. I don't think anyone would argue with that though. But I guess the the argument is potentially: Do you win the belt by picking it up from a disqualification? Almost. It, like, could I'm sure someone's thought about this way more than I have, and there's possibly some bits they'd be like, "Well, you can't do it like that do, because this." Do you reckon like, they should vacate yeah, it? Yeah, almost because it should be like almost a no contest. Mm. The guy strips of his belt because it was awful what he did. Like that was not fucking cool. I don't know, and I said this in a video, right? If you are a man like Peter Yan, who's had 10, 15 MMA fights, you've been around the sport, you've trained in the sport, you've watched fights, you've done this, you've done that. Why is he asking his corner if he can hit him or not? Yeah, I, the whole thing was bizarre. And the, when he's not here, uh, do you know what was really? distasteful is when he had his arm up after the fight yeah i was like and even the commentators like rogan and cormier and that were like put your hand down yeah yeah. that because that almost just like it looked bad visually it was weird it was almost just like yeah fuck it It, it i fucking meant to do this and fucking i'm putting my hand up it made me think has he won like that's what it did to my head i just thought it was very i just thought it was extremely it it was almost like it it showed complete lack of awareness for what he had actually just done yeah and it like Take away the spot. That's fucking dangerous. Oh yeah, and that's why it's illegal. Yeah, yeah. To knee someone in the fucking head when they're on the on on their knees and not defending it. So to then put your hand up afterwards, I get that. Some, you know, you want to show you know like confidence or whatever towards yeah. the end of the fight. You know, keep fighting to the end. But it was it 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 was bad visually. But you see that behavior when it's been a really really close fight. Yeah, and for both sure. guys put their arms yeah, up at yeah. the end to somehow influence the judges who have already scored four out of five rounds yeah. as to who won. But, when, yeah, you're right. When he did that, there was like a – it wasn't a very long clip because the camera moved again, but he did put his arm up, and I was like, wow. Yeah. That was, it was just – it made me – it didn't look right. It was like it was out of place. It was very weird. It, it shows a complete lack of awareness and complete lack of almost sympathy to your – I don't want to say victim, but like <laughs> the, Definitely the victim person is the right that word. you fucking just, you know, yeah. really caved in their skull with just an unblocked knee. Yeah. So that was super bizarre, and I can't say it, it warmed me to him when he did that mm. because, I, like I was saying to you earlier, I I didn't know much about him before this. Um, he yeah. looked fucking good though. He he's he like a he's just like a, a, a little Russian nutter boxer. Yeah. Like his hands are crisp. He's always been very good at striking. Um, he looked, uh, he was winning that. As yeah, well. like he was gonna win, he was gonna bring that home because Sterling just didn't, couldn't seem to get anything done. I think the first round, I think when they went into the fourth round, it was Yam was 3-1 up. Um, no, 
Yan was 2-1 up when they went into the fourth round. And obviously he was winning that round. But if that if Sterling would have continued, it would have been equal going into the fifth round. I think that's what they were saying. Because right. obviously they'd have taken a point off him yeah, for that legal yeah. knee. So Aljamain Sterling would still have had a chance to win. But when you watch at how the fight went for the first four rounds and Aljamain Sterling looked great in the first round and then just deteriorated. Deter and he kept throwing, like, oh, spinning, spinning wow. stuff and giving his back. Like, it looked, like, messy. He did. That's what he kept doing, giving his back. Yeah, and he said after the fight, he said, oh, this made me cringe. It was horrible. He said in the post-fight interview, and I don't hold this against him too much because, obviously... He probably he, didn't have all his yeah, senses. Yeah, he didn't have all his senses or whatever, but he, he said, oh, you know... Um, you know, this is this is uh, robbed the fans of you know one of the best bantamweight fights in history. Um, and I was like, oh mate, it wasn't. It wasn't. And when you watch it back, you'll be like, oh, yeah, wasn't he that looked good. sluggish. Yeah, yeah, he was pretty knackered. But I, I yeah, I, don't, I I think there's potentially some conversation about what happens to the belt. It, it maybe even like you know, Peter Yan definitely vacates the belt because yeah. he lost it, but Sterling didn't win it. And so I think that's where, like, maybe then uh, Sterling fights someone for the belt's kind of up for grabs, but no one actually has it necessarily. Because yeah. it's like, you can't defend the belt. Like, you're not the champion. You didn't win the belt. You won it by proxy of, like, a disqualification. And I'm yeah. sure he doesn't want, you well, know, he dumped the belt on the floor afterwards or whatever. He did, yes. But then if you've been on his Instagram since, Has he flirting with they, had like a, they had like a party. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> he was sitting down, had the belt over his shoulder. Uh. And he wasn't like being a dick with it. No. But I think he should be. Like, if you want to sell the rematch, I think he should be an unbearable prick. I think he should hold the belt up he should turn around and say, I beat you. I won the belt by disqualification. I think he should call the whole division out. I think it's a real opportunity for him to be a prick and get people to want to watch him fight. And I know that's kind of a... Do you not think that's flipping the roles, though? Essentially, that's what Jan should be doing. She's like, I, I kick him in the head. You know, I don't give a shit. I'll take that belt back off him. Mm. He should be the heel. And Sterling should be like, yeah, look, I'm the good guy. And I don't because I don't think Yan will do that. No, because he's he's boring. He's the classic. And, and like, if if they there's a reason that they're on a three fight paper uh, title fight pay per view, like yeah. that belt always gets chucked in after a big title fight or on a three fight pay per view because it just doesn't really sell. And even when Aldo was the champion, it didn't really sell until Connor. True. Um, uh, sorry, because that was featherweight, but you know what I mean. The smaller yeah. guys until. There's, a, there's someone that they care about. It's always on a under thing. Well, uh, that would potentially lead us into the next point of going from heavyweight to the very lightweight. I, no one's ever that into Remember, who was it? Uh, Mighty Mouse, wasn't it? Yeah, that Demetrius Johnson. So dominant. But it's like... Didn't sell. No, and they never will because they're the small guys. And mm. it's just like... And it's just like quick punches, you know, scrappy. They're rolling around. It's like it, it doesn't carry as much, you know, for lack of a better word, weight. Like, because pardon the pun, yeah, pardon the pun. <laughs> it, it just it's hard to care about like small guys fighting, yeah, because they don't knock each other out as much. Like, they it, it's fairly even, the energy is pretty high, the stamina is pretty high, and it or, that's probably almost a complete parallel to the heavyweight division. I, I feel like that that changes when a, a star comes in, though. But there, how, how many stars has there been at that weight? Well. You look at, like, for example, in boxing, and there hasn't been many stars in the UFC at this, but 
Mayweather was always the lighter fighter, and no one cared about them until he turned up, and then all of a sudden it was all but Floyd. But how, how far into Floyd's career did people start caring? About? Oh, probably 28 fights or something like so, that. I mean, so it's like, it's took not a while. he came on the... It, and the, the reason people started caring is because of the legacy. Yeah. And I just don't think you'll ever get people to care as much unless they have, like, a completely... An awesome personality. What about so Khabib, for example? Mm-hmm. If he hadn't fought, if Conor McGregor didn't exist, would we care as much about Khabib? Yeah, I, well, yeah, I, because I think light, he's lightweight, right? Yeah, I think lightweight upwards is where you start to. Okay, I, but I think below that, it's really hard to care about them as much. I guess it's it's it's. I suppose you're right. Like I when, don't, don't get me wrong. I don't think Khabib would sell half as much. No, he, he sells a lot because obviously his his ethnicity and his kind of background yeah he's has a huge following because of that but obviously people on the other side know him a lot more because of the Connor fights but i do think lightweight upwards because you you have obviously people like pettis and stuff like that you've had big draws at lightweight yeah um i just think below that it starts to get and they look tiny they don't <laughs> like you know the heads don't clear the cage and they look like little people <laughs> and it's just not i don't know what it is about it it's just not as interesting i, I I've got a friend who, um, <laughs> I won't say exactly what he said because I can't, but I, I said to him, I was watching the UFC, and he went, who's 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 fighting then? Who's the, who's the big fight? And I said the names, and he didn't recognise them. And he said, what weight is it? I said, I was flyweight. And he just basically pushed that aside and was like, that's a shit weight. He said something else, but I won't say it. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, so I, it's literally exactly what you said. He was just like, he doesn't know who anyone is, but because they were smaller weight, he was just not interested they're in what they are They're just, I, I don't know what it is. I've not thought about it that much, which probably says a lot about it because you just don't think about that lower weights yeah. that much. They and it's not, it's not your job to think about it. No. It's their job to make you think I think about there's it. definitely some, there's more interest when they're heavier weights, but it's the complete 180. They're, you know, they're bigger. They don't fight as much. There's less of them. Whereas those little weights, there's fucking tons of them. There is, in fairness. They're all like little mighty mouses. There, like, is, just... there is tons. The thing is, these divisions at the moment are actually quite good, but only really the top fives are quite good. And then when you kind of start to go through it, it's kind of the old similar names that are on their way down, like your Frankie Edgars and your Dominic Cruises and stuff. But again, even though when these divisions are in quite a good they're in, in fine fettle. No, no one, uh, no one really wants to watch them because no. they can't. They couldn't do UFC two sixty one and put Aljamain Sterling and Peter Yan as the main event and no other title fight on there. They just wouldn't do it. No, they don't move the needle. So, and I think it's, it is generally from lightweight upwards that tends to generate the interest. Yeah, light, well, it's, 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 it's lightweight to light heavyweight. And then, I think the thing is. Since the beginning of time, or certainly the beginning of boxing, heavyweight's always been the division, isn't it? It's yeah. always, well, to a certain point, it was always uh, Lennox Lewis and yeah. Mike Tyson and Ali, Ali and, and Evander Holyfield yeah. and Frazier. And it, then it got to a point where it stopped. I think it's roughly around the time the Klitschko's got all the belts. <laughs> For about 15 years, it was shit. And now it's kind of interesting again, mm. but there's only really three heavyweights. Well, I think that's it. Yeah. But in the UFC... The heavyweight division's always been a bit. It's been rough, and like it's been good at it times. It's it's when you've got you've got Stipe, you've got Francis, you've got Derek, 
Blades. You've got Curtis Blades, Cyril Garn, and Volkov. Yeah, that's where it starts. You and then the drop off is ugly. You've got Rosenstruck, who, you know, keeps losing to everyone. You've got Abdurakimov, who I've genuinely never seen fight and never heard of. Walt Harris, who's wank. Augusto Saki, who's wank. Chris Dalkus, who is a fat guy. <laughs> Literally, he fought the other week. He is so out of shape, it's painful. Um, and then uh, Dos Santos and uh, Overeem were cut the other day. Yeah, it was time to trim the fat. 100%. And I like the fact that they're addressing this problem because people have kind of cottoned on to the fact that, hang on a minute, that heavyweight division shit and it's filled with old people who keep losing. Um, but that said, obviously, Stipe fights Francis in three weeks and... I mean, I'm fucking excited I, about that. You're totally, when you can get heavyweights to fight and they are, you know, they have some sort of record about them, they're the most intriguing kind of fights usually because it can... Can just end. Yeah, there's some big boys, you know, they're throwing some absolute meat hooks at each other. But because of their size, they're going to be rarer. You know, they're just, they don't grow on trees. Rarer. They are. Because like, <laughs> that you sounded know. like you're looking for a Pokemon card. Well, <laughs> They are. They're like a shiny. They are a shiny Charizard. It's, it's hard to find them because they're big freaks. You know, the average man is not the same size as them. You said that the other the other week because, yeah. like, I was I made a point about um, heavyweights, and you came up with a really really good point, which obviously I'll let you tell. Um, but uh, it's another one of my theories. It's another one of your theories, and you were like, they, "You're right. They are rarer, and they go into other sports like NFL and things in America, don't they?" Probably, most likely. I, I, again, it, I guess it. It's hard to say because we don't know what the entry level is for MMA compared to NFL or you know yeah. basketball even. I don't know. I would assume if you're a pretty good athlete at six, four upwards, and I don't know what they weigh, two... 265 is the limit and two... Yeah, so anything over 205, but most of them weigh... I would think if you're if you're that good an athlete, you probably might lean towards going into NFL or something. Yeah. Because you can sit on the bench and pick up a pretty fucking good check. Yeah. And UFC, it's like you're putting your body on the line, like you're going to get punched in the head, and it's still fairly new. Yeah. And I think the 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 thing that could potentially be looked into is yeah. So what I sent to you the other week is you're never going to get a, a, a completely stacked heavyweight division because they're rarer people to find and you're going to find much more of the the kind of the median of men, which is going to be middleweight, yeah. which is why it's the middleweight. It's the middle of every fucking weight category and it's the most average kind of, you know, you're going to find a lot more competition there. So either you just have to accept that there's just never going to be a stacked heavyweight division because, that, like I said, they're going to be harder to find those freaks. That's why they slow it down. Like. And, they're, yeah, they're bigger people. They take longer to recover. Like, they're just – everything about them is going to be slower. Yeah. Or, like you say, you just have to accept that. Or you have to address that and make a significant push to find those people and promote them and, you know, really invest some time and money into the heavyweight division, which I think that's definitely something on the table. Yeah. And they may be, like you said, they maybe have realised that, that they were being carried by, you know, the names of... Yeah. Um, Overeem and Overeem Dos Santos. Overeem and, and Dos Santos and to Kane and stuff like, you know, and even Brock, you know, they're still throwing his name around like two years ago. Like God, I love Brock. They were being carried by those names. It, it's like when I read down those lists, and I'm someone that obviously watches the UFC every weekend, and when I don't know six or seven of those names, 
that's where the problem bad, is. Yeah. And you're right. They, they need to look at that and go, right, we need to – either these guys are actually really, really good and they should be there, yeah. but we need to do a better job at promoting them. Or and finding them. Yeah. Or they're shit and we need to find some better ones. Yeah. Um, so whatever but, way that is, that, that's what they need to uh, – Would there still be some entertainment, though, in seeing heavyweight fighters – less skilled fight yeah well this is this is the thing obviously about so you don't even necessarily need to find like you know the next best thing you need you just need to find some guys that are doing it and they're fucking interesting the thing obviously about about the ufc is like if if you put on a ufc fight night card and you put it on abc in america and you have two people that are similarly skilled but aren't actually that great and they fight each other the average joe does not know no, no, I, so you yeah. you can package whatever you want as long as it says ufc on it and there, it's a competitive fight. Doesn't matter. And you've put the effort in to make those guys interesting. Exactly. Because I can... like Nganu. Granted, he's at the top, so you don't need to do much. But like, find me someone that doesn't love his story, his background, his and his knockouts. Journey. Yeah, and his knockouts. Yeah. exactly. So I think they're out there. You just may either have to pay them a bit more to entice them into it, away, away from, from other NFL. sports. Yeah. And you need to maybe make some effort in promoting them harder than you do. Because I think UFC has probably gotten by with just this is the UFC and you fight in it. And they don't push that many people forwards. Yeah. It's just kind of like this is the product and this is the people fighting, like it or lump it. Yeah. Whereas they probably, if they really want to, you know, reboot the heavyweight division, need to actually force it and put some energy into building up those characters. 100%. Because they probably, you know, they've been carried by the likes of Connor and John Jones. You know, there's yeah. going to be stars always that just promote the brand without you actually having to promote the brand. Yeah. But the heavyweight division is seriously devoid of any of their personalities and characters. It's it's interesting because, like, the ch Stipe, the champion at the moment, like, he's, he's really, really good. Mm. He's a fireman. Like, he still works as a fireman. Like, that's such a good story. He's... He's American, but he's like Croatian yeah. descent. Like he, he's got, but he's boring. Yeah, he's just a normal guy. Yeah. I and mean, even when you watch him on Embedded, he's just a normal bloke. Yeah, yeah. yeah nice and, guy. and he's not. You'd you'd much rather have someone like Derek Lewis. Yes, who is interesting as hell. Yeah, get him on the mic. But I say he's not as good. This is. A, I said this the other week when he when he knocked out Curtis Blades. I said. Derek Lewis is not better than Curtis Blades. No. But if, like, if, all if, round. if they fight 10 times in a row, Derek Lewis wins every time. Only and he's I'm, only got punching. I know. Because if you're in there for 25 minutes with him, he's going to hit you at some point yeah, and yeah. then you're fucked. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. But it's, um, yeah, the heavyweight division needs some TLC. And I think they've started to do it. Um, it's just like you said, where they get these guys from and how much effort and time they put into doing it um like what do they do do they do they actively recruit people to fight yeah so they um obviously dana does his looking for a fight thing which yeah. is more really um a bit more promo than it's more promo than anything else like they go around it's a bit of a show but they do the contender series which they do like for seasons so it's a bit like the ultimate fighter but yeah. they just do like i don't know three fights or four fights a night and they're just up and coming people from different organizations, bring them in. And then if anyone really impresses, Dana gives them a contract, but they're hardly ever heavyweights. Right. They're hardly ever heavy. They're always like middleweights, welterweights, light, light heavyweight, uh, lightweights or whatever. So the platform's there. Plus they've got like PI centers all across 
the world. You know, the platform is there, but I guess, I just guess they need to perhaps focus on heavyweights a little bit more. But like you said, they are harder to come by. They are rarer. Yeah, they are. They're but, always going to be. Um, if anyone can do it, it's the UFC. But even like you look at the UK, like Cage Warriors, they don't have a heavyweight division. No, they don't have a division. No. What? There's not a heavyweight champion. Wow. They, I think so they. I could. I could. I said this to Mark. Could I be the heavyweight champion? I said this to Mark about when I was like uh, training, when I was about 25, 26, I said, listen, I could just bulk up <laughs> yeah. and make a run at that heavyweight strap because there's there's nothing. Like, Cage Warriors don't have a heavyweight champion. There's no one. Like, um, Bama, they don't have a heavyweight champion. So it is definitely a problem, like, across the board, but... If anyone can fix it, it's, it's, fuck me, it's the UFC, isn't it? Yeah, well, you just have to spend some time and money actually doing it. 100%. Because like you say, in boxing, there, there's a there's always been a draw with heavyweights. Always. And there still is. You know, Even my mum, like back in the day, if there was a heavyweight boxing yeah, yeah, fight, yeah. she'd watch the heavyweight yeah. boxing yeah, fight. Everyone wants to see the big freaks like punch each other. That's it. Like they're it, unusual. It is know? something like, even people that don't like fighting, like if there's a heavyweight oh, fight God. on, they're like, ooh. Or everyone becomes a fucking expert in it, don't they? It's like you see it all over social media. Fucking it, Jim. Yeah, what do you reckon's going to happen this week? Oh, no. And it's like, no, Fury lost because he did this. I'm like, shut <laughs> up. It's awful, isn't it? Yeah, that's the downside to having mass appeal. Yeah. Is you're just going to get every armchair fan coming out of the woodwork telling nah. you what they think should have happened. Yeah. Yeah, it's rough. Mike's hot. <laughs> Um, um, I guess because uh, I had um, Green on not long ago, and we had a discussion about what canine. makes I had the cane Tom the canine Green, and uh, we had a discussion about what makes an athlete. Mm. What do you think makes an athlete, Jack? I think it's such an interesting topic because I think I, I before uh, obviously I had to turn the podcast off because of the interference with the phone signal. Uh, that was all Tom. That was all Tom. Yeah. Um, I think the, the, the common example is someone like a, um, a darts player, isn't it? Yeah. Like, you know, could you really label them as an athlete? Um, and I think you can because I, I guess it depends how you define as a, what you define as an athlete. And I don't actually know the literal definition, like the dictionary definition. If you looked up an athlete. I feel what, like I did that on that podcast. Did I Google it? What does it actually say? I think there should be subcategories of athletes. Well, what's the umbrella term? What does an athlete eat? Uh, okay. <laughs> an athlete is a person who competes in one or more sports that involve physical strength, speed, or endurance. Most professional athletes have particularly well-developed physiques obtained by extensive physical training and strict exercise accompanied by a strict dietary regime. Well, that cancels out dart players. I think that, I think dart <laughs> players are out. But so I guess for me, where you could potentially make the argument that they are, maybe athletes is the wrong word, but they are skilled, extremely because skilled. Because to I, you know, I've played darts. It's fucking hard to hit that. You know, the maybe 20, for, maybe for some people, mate. Triple, yeah, triple <laughs> twenty. I think everyone fancies themselves as a darts player, but you know, when you actually watch them. They are hitting triple 20 near or near about Unbelievable. every fucking time. Unbelievable. And that is a skill. And that is something they will have trained. Because the one thing that I've always found is I, I, I'm a basketball fan. 
And anyone that can't dunk the ball is labelled as someone that's not very athletic. Really? Yes, yes. Do, but, what, do, does, so, does height come into that, though? Yeah, sometimes. But you can get a 6'3 guy that's got like a 44-inch vert and he can dunk it. And to them, to everyone, that's athletic. You know, the explosive, the explosive power and the kind of agility and the kind of leaping. Like, that's generally what we define as an athlete in yeah. basketball. But someone that it really irritated me because there's Steph Curry. Don't know if you know Steph Curry? I know, you know Steph, Steph Curry. Curry. Yeah, yeah, right. So Come on. Probably one of, I, I don't need to say probably one of, he's probably, he is the best shooter in the NBA in history. And he changed the way the game's played, but everyone would always say he's not athletic because he's a rim grazer. He can barely dunk the ball. Is that not a term that's just specific to basketball, though? Because like, if you ask the average Joe yeah. and go, is that guy an athlete? Of course he fucking is. Like, I think so, but I still think when they be like, okay, well, then look at you know Russell Westbrook compared to Steph Curry. Be like, well, that, well. Guy, that guy's an athlete because he can explode off the floor and throw it down in the rim. But my argument always was that Steph Curry is a phenomenal athlete because... His ability to control his body, you know, his dribbling, his handle, his IQ, his his technique to yeah. shoot, you know, to do what like Russell Westbrook can't even get close to the numbers that Steph Curry shoots. But Russell Westbrook's an athlete and Steph Curry's not as much of an athlete. Yeah. And I just think sometimes we oversimplify athlete too much. And it's literally just like, who's the freak? You know, who's the the physical freak? that can, you know, jump out of the gym and do ridiculous things. Steph Curry can do that. It's yeah. just not as explosive and not as like in your face. So I think an athlete could be anyone that is highly skilled at their sport. Cause I guess, and then it goes, then it sort of goes into what's the sport and what's not, doesn't it? Cause like snooker, like what, is that an athlete? <laughs> I think we. I think the definition comes between what's a sport and what's a game. Like I always have, like I used Formula One as an example, because like it's 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 not a sport. Oh wow! So this but, is a massive misconception it, about F one. It, it's obviously like those the, guys the, are the G force yeah. and the, the stress on their body and the muscles they need in their body and their neck and stuff. But That's, I guess the reason I think about that is because it's more the car, like. It it's you, you can't fucking do it without a car. No, like, but why can't you know Valerie Bottas beat Lewis Hamilton each year? Because Hamilton's better. Exactly. He's I so F one is one of those ones that I think a lot of people. I guess it ultimately de it depends how much you actually know about a sport. Because mm. on the surface, a lot of things don't seem very hard to do, unless it's something you follow and you realise how hard it is to actually get there and do that. And F1 drivers is always one of them ones that people are like, well, you know, they sit in the car and, you know, they drive it around and stuff like that. Those guys. I get like the oh, weight they lose, the so stress, fit. the G-force. I get all of that. But I think my my thing more of it is, is like that. And it's the same with like horse racing and stuff. I'm like, mm. Mm, it's more the horse that's going on there. No, see, this, I, yes and no. Yes, there is an element of the car or the horse, but. I don't know anything about horse racing, but I do know a little bit about Formula One. And everyone always say, oh, Lewis Hamilton, you know, he's always in the best car. He's always had fucking teammates in the other car and they've not beat him. When he first went to Mercedes, when he first went to Mercedes, it wasn't the best car. Because like that was that no, was the yeah. that was he was at McLaren yeah, yeah. and for I think maybe McLaren was the best or Ferrari was the best. And then he, just he went to Mercedes yeah. 
and then Mercedes were the best and have been yeah, since. I mean, or Red Bull. It was Red Bull when he first went to Mercedes. It was, um, yeah, it was the end of the Vettel. It, it was era, Vettel yeah. just yeah. coming to the end, wasn't it? So he wasn't in the best car then until he, I guess he was. Um, but yeah. I mean, the, 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 the F1 is one of them things that is so hard to point out what they're doing because again, you know, they're in a little cockpit. You cannot see what they're doing with the pedal control, how they're coming into corners. There's only obviously some advanced analytics and data that you can potentially look into and you can actually see that sort of stuff, but they, they're making, they're doing a better job of presenting that to the wider audience. I've played the game. Right. I've played the game. Yeah, and you're probably fucking terrible at it. So good. No, you're not. <laughs> so F1 is one of them things that on the surface, I think, you know, it looks, you could chuck anyone in the car and they'd probably do a good job. But the difference between Lewis Hamilton, who, what is he, six, seven-time world champion now, mm. and his other teammates, apart from Jensen Button, because Jensen Button did actually beat him. Always love Jensen. He's amazing. Is so... And because it's one of them sports that's separated by milliseconds, it's so hard to actually determine what it is that separates the best guys from the average guys. Yeah. And even the average guys are fucking amazing to even get there. Because even like when, when like a car goes around the track and it's like half a second slower than a car, it finishes like 11th. Yeah, well, yeah. And it's like... Well, the top cars are usually separated by like hundreds. Yeah, and it's like, hang on a minute. Like, he's not... That much worse. Like if you have a running race with someone and you're that far behind them, you're like, oh, I, did a, I did pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> I did. <laughs> yeah, I guess that that's probably dictated by the speed of the cars. If they're in slower cars, there'd probably be a bigger gap between them. Why do you think then? Um, mind you, this is probably a bad example because when you have like the 100 meter sprint, I guess they are also separated by milliseconds, yeah. aren't they? But it's not a race around it's not 70 times around that track. And I suppose if you do like a marathon or you do like, I don't know, like the 1500 meters or whatever a really long one is, they're not separated by milliseconds. No, the gaps are exacerbated. The gaps, the gaps are bigger. As the time goes on, aren't yeah. they? They're just, just stretched out. And if you're only running a hundred meters, which is what, nine seconds, whatever, there's not enough time to actually separate them that far. Where's the cutoff for that? Like, what, where do you think they can go to? Yeah, I've yeah. watched a few videos on this and I think, it has gotten quicker, obviously, and I watched, it was a few years ago now, so I can't exactly remember the in and outs of the videos, but the general understanding was, have we actually evolved to become quicker, or is, is it, it technology? Yeah, and, and ultimately that's what, they, yeah, that's what they put it down to, you know, tracks are better, uh. timing's more accurate, obviously training programs are more specific, so there will be a cutoff until we can just genetically engineer people to be faster. Because that's the thing is like, because obviously um, when they were running back in the sort of forties and twenties and thirties, well. they had like, yeah, <laughs> there's a family guy clip and there's uh it's like one of those Peter's cutaways. And he's like, um, right. White guys go. And then there's like a, there's like a, a gap and they're like, black guys go. And the white guys are like, Oh, I'm feeling good about this. I had a cliff bar before we started. And then like the black guys run past them and they go, Oh, I thought they were coming after us. It's <laughs> 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 not my favorite, but they, um, they obviously like, they, 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 even like the football boots, for example. So when they were running the hundred meters, 50 years ago, they were probably wearing these huge oh, leather cleats. Yeah. And now they're running in like these really light, 
you know. So it's like barefoot with spikes on. Yeah, but I guess also because of all that new technology, it's, it's probably hard to see exactly how much further the sport has actually come on. But everything gets better and better and better. But I wonder, will we be sitting here in sixty years, assuming that um, no one takes any performance enhancing and, and all the everything like that? Will they be doing it in seven and a half seconds? No, no like, way. No. So where's that point where we go, guys? Can't I, go any quicker. I, I mean, it's always dangerous to say, like, I don't think we're going to get much better than we are now because everyone has always said that. It's like, you know, 100 years on, look how stupid you look. Yeah. But I do think there's like an, a, a physical cutoff for how fast we could run the 100 metres. Mm. And we're probably almost there. Do you reckon? Yeah, because... Do you reckon we can get under nine? Uh, I don't know because I don't know exactly where we are now. I think it's 9.59. That uh, I mean, half a second is quite a lot to gain. I think, I think you'd have to also look. I'm sure there's probably a graph that shows the progression from over time. How, you, it probably was a steep incline in how quickly people got better. And I bet it's plateaued over like so the last 10 years. 9.58 is the current record. That's a lot. To, Which is still Usain Bolt. And, and that was 2009. And then if you went back to like 1990, what was the times then? 100 meter world records by history. Let's have a look. So, but, so in 11 years, no one's gone faster than 9.58. No. So I think it'd have to be quite a significant amount of time for there to be any noticeable change from now on. Oh, check this out. So in this is so cool. In, in uh, 1912, by the looks of it, when they started recording these, the record was 10.6 seconds. Right, so you've only shaved a second and off. They've shaved a second off in nine, in 90 years. When did when did it start? Did it Was there like a dramatic um, increase in when the time started really coming down, though? You know, you... you know what's funny? It is literally... A gradual. 10.6, 10.4, 10.3, 10.2, 10.1, and that took 30 years. Then from 10 down to 9. Point, Eight, it was 60 years and then from 9.8 down to 2009 so i suppose 1996 to 2009 which is what uh 20 years 23 years something like that that's um almost half a second right i know 0.4 of us yeah 0.4 of a second so perhaps maybe the last 20 years it's it's got better but that's when we've seen a lot more um like technologies come out, better shoes, better this, better that. Um, Athletics is fascinating, isn't it? Because it's 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 the purest test of a physical ability. It's sprinting. Like there's no, I'm sure a sprinter would argue with me about this, but there's not a much skill involved in sprinting. It's just literally how fast you are. I'm sure obviously there's a technique to it, but it's such a fascinating sport. Like it's why the 100 meters is a huge draw. Everyone wants to watch 100 meters yeah, it, and it's, over in 10 seconds yeah but it's a fascinating like thing because it is just a pure test of speed it's um yeah it's it's mad i i i guess like when you look at the 100 meters running do you think there's more skill involved in for example i don't know javelin um i, I think it's one of those things that i've learned when I, as I've learned about different sports, it's easy to assume there's not much behind it mm. other than you, know, you can just fucking throw the javelin far. But when you actually get down, when you get to the top of the, the game in any sport, it's how far you can fucking throw it plus your technique. Yeah. And so I don't, I think that they're probably even, and I'm sure 
as much as you know we can all sprint there is some savage technique to be able to sprint the fastest combined with obviously being a freak athlete yeah yeah which an athlete <laughs> is probably what brings us back to is a darts player an athlete it's not an athlete I, I guess I, I guess I unless athletes have subcategories, it's not an athlete. Not by what? Not by the literal definition. No. Okay. But he is. But they are they are so skilled and so impressive, and I think darts even as a sport. And I don't really watch darts, but I will go on YouTube and I will watch like nine darters. Mm. The commentator goes darters. Nine darters. Are they called darters? Yeah, they call them a nine darter. What? So like. When you get down, you, you basically clear the board in nine darts. Oh, I thought you meant a per, like a, a person that plays darts called a darter. Oh no, no. <laughs> yeah, I watched the darters. Um, so obviously, when you you got you can clear the board in nine darts, and they call it a nine darter. Right. So it's like three one um, eighties. I know it's two one eighties, and then like a you know whatever the maths is. I don't know. So I'll go on YouTube and I'll watch them, and right. then so the commentator goes mad, and you go, I don't know how that guy's done that. Yeah, yeah. He is it's a skill. He is he's managed to throw the dart in the same place yeah. nine times in a row, and that same place is ten feet away from him, and. A, a two millimeter like, yeah, long yeah, square like yeah. it's it's actually mental yeah. when you think of it like that the refined sort of motor skills of that is that's where i think there's an argument to be made for your maybe his arm is an athlete like, <laughs> yeah you know, like there, yeah. there is some qualities to what they're doing that are athletic yeah definitely in the sense that, or they're skilled i don't know it depends on how they're very it. skilled but even like dart players used to like drink beer and blah, blah, blah. But even like the last 10 years, like, that's changed a lot. Yeah. And eventually you'll get someone that's, you know, not a Goes to the gym. Yeah, exactly. He does. I wonder what, I wonder what training they do aside from just throwing darts. Do you reckon they do like, um, uh, it, like, I don't know, you know, you get those things where they press those lights and yeah, stuff or, 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 or they try like, or do you reckon he just every now and I then think chucks a tea bag into a cup? Yeah, <laughs> like, I think maybe other than some maybe like uh, some strengthening of those particular muscles because it's quite repetitive. Yeah, it's such a sort of a streamlined sport in that it's only your arm throwing that dart. Like there's no other. There's obviously some stabilizing muscles going on in that you're leaning over a little bit, but it's such a sort of a singular activity that you're doing. I don't think that there's actually probably much training i mean we probably shouldn't even you should probably get someone in that knows about we should darts. Get a, i don't even know anyone i can I'm call sure anyone that it's like whenever you know when you listen to something they've got their hands over their face uh, they're screaming and people are like you know you, they're talking about something they don't actually know that much about no but i i think the the i just think the conversation about what makes an athlete is a fascinating one and it can be broadened to uh a lot of arguments yeah no i guess you're right i guess you're right but um, yeah, that is interesting. That's very, very interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, hey Jack, thanks for coming, mate. No problem. Really appreciate all. it. The producer's going to be thrilled. Oh, I bet they are. Because you know all that ad revenue is coming in hot now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll send you your uh, send. I'll send you your cut. Send me my uh, credit note. So that wraps up episode 27. Um, you can follow Jack on Instagram at OJXRain, Rain spell R E I G N. Uh, and you can follow his tattoo studio at RainX Gallery for some sick work. Um, 
Thank you very, very much for listening. And as I said at the top of the show, you can follow us on the Combat Review with the underscores on Instagram. Uh, on Twitter is at Combat Review. And on YouTube now, um, a whole load of videos have just gone up on there um, for breakdowns for USC 259 and a few recent talking points, um, including the DQ with Yan and Aljamain Sterling, and obviously Dan Hardy now no longer being with the UFC. Plenty of things up on YouTube at the Combat Review channel. Thank you very much for listening. I'll see you next time on episode 28.